Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. Good morning, church family. Hey, I hope that you guys are doing well. Hope that you had a great 4th of July week. Uh, Today we are going to jump in and we are continuing into part five of our series through the study of Proverbs, Uh, really looking at the first eight chapters or so. And and today's an exciting one, but it's also a very enticing one. And, and, And here's why. King Solomon's about to get to the root and the heart of some issues and deal with some stuff that maybe sometimes some of us just sweep under the rug, right? And so let's dive in right now and let's get into the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 5, he says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. We have heard this over and over and over. Glean from wisdom, pursue wisdom, and also pursue a fear of the Lord. Incline your ear that you uh, to my understanding, that you may keep discretion, and that you will guard, that your lips may guard knowledge. All right, so again, kind of opening statement that King Solomon gives right there. Hey, I want you to pursue wisdom. I want you to have insight. I want you to listen to my commandments. This is a reoccurring theme that we're going to see in the first eight chapters over and over and over. And again, I just want to kind of remind all of us, like wisdom will guard us. Wisdom will help us with decisions. Wisdom will cause us to turn our affection back to Jesus and ultimately still pour out more knowledge and understanding and allow us to experience his presence. But what do you do when you find yourself in an awkward situation? What do you do when you find yourself being tempted? What do you do when you find yourself um, in a situation where you're just like, ah, and you trip up? This is what he's about to address. And better yet, he's actually about to take this to a whole other level because Solomon's trying to get to the root of the issue, the heart of the issue. Catch what he says in verse 3. For the lips of the forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. What's he talking about right here? He ultimately, for all of us, he's talking about sin. But in this particular context, he's talking about a woman that would cause his son to commit adultery. And I want you to think about this. Maybe you don't deal with sexual sin. Maybe you've never dealt with it. And if that's the case, then praise God. Um, but you have dealt with other sin. And anything that pulls you away from your relationship with Jesus Christ ultimately is causing you to commit adultery on Jesus or from Jesus. And, and, and here's what I mean about this. We talked about this last week, priorities, right? If you start to prioritize your sin over your relationship with God, it's an idol in your life. But catch what he says. So he says, for the lips of the forbidden women drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as a wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of shale. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. So a few things in this text that I want to point out. Number one is it ends with, she does not know it. You know, in our culture and in our society, we have seen it to where we are elevating sin, celebrating sin, 
and anything that is righteous or anything that is holy, we actually look down upon it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've seen many people get upset by this. I've seen many people, they, they get upset. But I love how Solomon points out that she's doing this stuff and she doesn't even know it. She doesn't even know it. You see, people who don't have a relationship from God are walking in darkness right now and they don't even know that they're walking in darkness. Paul even talks about this, about how we are not to judge non-believers because they don't recognize or even realize that they are non-believers. But, but let's, let's jump back for just a minute. <clears throat> Her lips are, the lips of the forbidden woman drip of honey. Her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is, a, uh, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down the heel of death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol. All right. Here's the analogy that, that King Solomon is painting. And here's the analogy that I'm hoping to be able to paint for all of us. And you've probably heard this before, but I really want you to think about it, all right? Sin looks and feels enticing. Whatever your sin is, I want you to think about that. It looks and it feels enticing. You're going to have a good time. I just need to let go of my life. I just need to relax. And so what do you do? You might do something that, that ends up slipping into sin, but it looks enticing. Uh, sexual sin looks enticing. You're going to feel good for a few moments, however long that may be. It's going to feel enticing. Um, other sins, stealing. There is a, a whenever you have it, live a life of, of of stealing, and you just start out, you just rob small things, and then more things and more things. What it does is you're training your brain, and it's kicking off those endorphins the same way it does with sexual sin or pornography, the same way it does with lying, the same way it does with all of this other sin that is so easily around us. It, it, it kicks off. It gives you a high, so to speak. But what does it do in the end? What does it do in the end? It smites you. It, it, it beats you down. It captivates you. It pulls you away from the things of God. And this is why King Solomon is saying right here, her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol. Sheol was known as a place of death. And so, yes, the sin looks sweet. The sin is very smooth at being able to get in. The sin will entice you and give you some kind of endorphin high for just a moment. But the purpose of sin is to lead you to death and destruction. And ultimately, that's what the enemy has been doing in this entire world ever since the Genesis 3 fall. Sin has been trying to destroy mankind and to keep them away from the life that God called them to live. Remember, that abundant life. And, and so um, we see this play out, man. We've seen this play out in the church. Look at how many people that have been famous that have got a influence and a preaching voice and they've been hit and struck by sin. Or you think about business owners or politicians who've got so much incredible influence and sin comes in and strikes them down and pulls them away from their influence. You think about it. I joke with my son all the time, right? Uh, don't trade your cup of porridge from your birthright blessing. But it's kind of the same thing, right? Jacob and Esau, we, we know this story where, where Esau ended up trading in uh, his birthright for a cup of porridge, and Jacob ended up receiving the father's blessing, right? Uh, we see this take place in, in Genesis. But don't we do that with sin? 
We're going to trade in the destiny and the purpose and the call that God has on our life for something that's going to satisfy me right here. Where if you would stop for just a few moments, if you would reflect, if you would look back, if you would even remove yourself from a particular situation for literally just five minutes and think it through, you would recognize that's only going to satisfy me for a few seconds, but it has the potential to destroy my soul. We see too many people who prostitute their calling for something that they can get right now. And what does it do? It leads them to death. Listen, listen. Sin is nothing to joke around about. And I know y'all are like, where did this come from? This is a lot harder than the other messages. Listen, I say this because I love you. If you're watching this, I say this because I love you. And I've seen too many people fall away or turn their back on God or give up on Christianity and give up on the church because they have been led astray by sin and they have been drowning in their wickedness and they don't even realize it. He continues on in verse 7. He says, And now, O son, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Again, listen to the commandments. Listen to the words that I've been speaking to you. Keep your way far from her. Her is referencing the sin. And do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to other and your years to the merciless. Lest strangers take their fill in your strength and your laborers go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and your body are consumed. Saying if you constantly give into this stuff, you're going to get to the end of your life and you're going to recognize and realize that you did not accomplish what it is that you set out to accomplish, that you did not live a life of righteousness and holiness, that you did not live a life in pursuit of the things of God. You know, my former pastor down in Beaumont, Texas, uh, incredible guy, his name's Reg Lloyd, and I know you've probably never heard of him, but Reggie is such an incredible guy, and he lives, I'm telling you, I think I've seen this man sin one time. And I'm not even joking. Like, I literally think I've seen him sin one time. Because he lives a life of righteousness, but his number one pursuit is the wisdom of God. And he says, if I can teach my children how to think and pursue wisdom, then they can live a life of righteousness, being able to pursue the things of the Lord. But if we neglect that wisdom and we entice our children, we entice our own lives with sin or desires or whatever that may satisfy us instantly... It's going to lead to brokenness. It's going to lead to destruction. It's going to lead to pain. It's going to lead to hurting. It's going to lead to getting to your deathbed and recognizing that you never fulfilled the things that God placed on your heart, better yet, the destiny that he had for your life. Verse 12, and you say, how I hate discipline. And my heart despises reproof. I do not listen to the words of my teacher or the voice of my teacher or incline my ear to the instructors. I'm on the brink of utter ruin and the assembled congregation. You hear hear what he's saying there? He's saying you hate discipline? Well, that's why you're falling into these ways. 
You're not listening to the voice of your instructor. That's why you're falling into your ways. It's just like something that's really annoying for me, just being completely transparent, is whenever someone comes to me and they're like, Pastor Mike, I need some advice, and I give them advice, and then three weeks later they come back again, and they don't listen to your advice, and they're in the exact same situation, and then they're asking for advice about how to actually get out of that advice. It's really frustrating for me, and I turn to them and I say, why am I going to give you more advice if you're not actually listening to my advice? You're wasting my time. And how often do we do that with God? How often do we do that with other people? How often do we do that where it's like, Lord, I need you to help. God, I'm willing to listen. God, I'm willing to do this. And then we get put in a situation and we know the wise thing to do and we turn our heart, we turn our back away and we go do whatever it is that's going to satisfy us. It's us not listening to the voice of the good shepherd. Now catch this right here. Drink from the water over your own um, cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the stress? Meaning, where are you drinking from? Where are you getting your, your thirst quenched, so to speak? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in your wife and the wife of your youth. A lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with the forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his past. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him. And he held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for the lack of discipline. And because of the great foley, he has led astray. All right, so, so here he's getting very um, enticing with his words. We'll just leave it at that, right? But what he's painting a picture here right now is he's painting a picture of a marriage, of a relationship, and then of an, an adulteress or an affair that's taking place. And what sin is, is sin is the adulterous women, woman in here, right here, towards the son, right? But the, King Solomon is saying, I want you to chasten your wife. I want you to pursue your wife. I want you to be intoxicated in her love. I want it to be overwhelming to you. I want you to be overwhelmed with the love of your spouse to where that love guards you and protects you. So, Michael, I'm struggling with, you know, lying, or I'm struggling with stealing. How on earth does this adulterous woman pertain to me? I'm so glad that you asked. Let me answer it for you, all right? Jesus is our pursuit. Jesus is our bridegroom. We are the bride, the church. Jesus is who we're going to be spending eternity with. We should be intoxicated with the love of Jesus, pursuing Jesus in every aspect. Anything that comes in our way that is going to pull us or cause us to sin from Jesus Christ is the adulterous woman who's trying to ensnare us and ultimately lead us to the path of destruction. And that is why King Solomon and says right here, I want you to find the flowing waters of your own well. I want you to allow your springs, your fountains to be blessed and rejoice with your wife, right? Rejoice with Jesus. I want you to pursue the well springs of life. It is only in Jesus that you are going to find ultimate satisfaction. It is only in Jesus that your quench is going to be thirst. It is only in Jesus that you will find delight, purpose, fulfillment, and satisfaction for you your soul for your soul everything else 
is simply just trying to ensnare you. And so listen, I want to close out with this story. Carlos Whitaker, who is an incredible man of God, uh, social media influencer. Uh, God's just done a lot of great things. He's literally preached Easter sermons at the White House. Younger guy, mid-30s. Carlos Whitaker had a problem in his life. A problem in his life where he kept dealing with sexual sin. And he was a pastor of a megachurch. And eventually the sexual sin got out. He had to deal with it. It caused him to lose his job. And he felt like he would never be restored. Out of all of this, he realized he kept going to the closet and trying to deal with the problem. But he just kept removing the cobwebs not actually killing the spider. You see, he gave this analogy and he said, I would go and I would clean the cobwebs out of my spiritual life, out of my sin. I'd get rid of all the sin immediately, but I never dealt with the spider that was producing the sin in my life. It wasn't until he hit rock bottom that he was able to not only clean out the cobwebs, but to completely destroy the spider of sin that was then causing the cobwebs in his life. Since then, he's been able to return back to ministry. He's been able to have such an incredible influence, not only locally, but also nationally. He's been able to speak to presidents, advocate for social justice, be able to bring people from all different backgrounds together. And God is using him more today than he was 10 years ago whenever he was dealing with the secret sin. But it came from a repentant heart who was willing to deal with the sin get to the root of the issue, kill the sin, and turn his heart and satisfaction to Jesus Christ. And so don't, don't believe the lie that you've got this sin that you can't deal with or get over with. This is why we are in community. This is why we have accountability. This is why we are here. We are the church, broken people in need of a Savior, and Jesus defeated death and sin. Let's cling to the cross. Let's cling to his blood. And let's allow Jesus to kill the spiders of sin in our life. And let's turn our heart and our affection to him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for everyone who is watching this, God. I just ask that you would guard us, protect us. Father, help us to live a life in pursuit of you. Father, a life that is willing to deal with the junk in our life. A life, man, a life that only can come from you, that abundant life free from guilt, free from shame. Help us to get back up and to keep pursuing, to keep going. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, Bishop Joe is going to be with you guys next week. We love you all. Um, have a good one, and we will see you soon. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242. And be sure to follow us on Instagram. Take care and God bless.